Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Moving to Elgin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Novelli, and it is, today is the 28th, Monday, uh, Cyber Monday, uh, just a few days after Thanksgiving. I feel like I'm still full in a weird way. I don't know. I just, ah, kind of sick of heating, actually. I feel just sluggish. I need to get out and start jogging again, but uh, Thanksgiving was good. We had family over at the house, and uh, my wife and I and mother-in-law did most of the cooking, Um, and then uh, family brought. We did have uh, some of the sides brought, you know, some of the other Thanksgiving uh, foods were brought by family members as well, so it was a good time. It was a good time. We survived, so. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Now it's on to Christmas, right? We got a Christmas tree up just yesterday and a lot of the inside decorations. Um, and we still need to do out uh, the outside decorations, which I think we're going to do um, tomorrow, Tuesday. That's the plan, at least. So we'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, for today's episode, uh, I wanted to talk about a few things here. I've got... Some topics. One topic is kind of a, is a continuation of something I talked about on the last episode, episode thirteen. Um, and then I've got uh, I've got a, a, another list on here: top ten things to do in Elgin. Um, and then I've got some t- terms for the last part of the uh, podcast here. So um, let's see. First topic I have is. Uh, after church, and this is a kind of continuation of a story I did on this uh, uh, in Taylor again on this la- on the last podcast. Uh, but after church group church, church group excludes excludes LGBTQ float. City of Taylor organizes its own holiday parade, um, and also uh, reason to smile. Capital area dental. Uh, Foundation donates care to families in need. Uh, three holiday events to bring cheer across Bastrop County. So those are the topics, and then uh, of course I've got the top ten things to do in Elgin, and then um, we'll see where that's at. One, and then we'll I got about three or four real estate terms written down. Um, if there's time, I might squeeze in a couple more. I do like to go over some of these terms, especially if I don't understand them fully i think it helps and um so yeah but yeah let's uh, circle back around to our first topic and let me find it here um this was from kut.org and this article was from today today the 28th and again today's monday the 28th um, where in this podcast will go live the 29th, Tuesday, 5 a.m. So uh, I like to record them. I, I like to record them if I can a few days ahead, but today, I mean, these last few days have been kind of crazy, so I'm just not able to get get to uh, recording it. So, um, But okay, for, for this one, after church group excludes LGBT. Q float city of Taylor organizes its own holiday parade. And again, this is from KUT.org. Um, 
The city of Taylor will hold its own holiday parade this year, parting ways with the Taylor Area Ministerial Alliance over new requirements for parade entries. Um, and there's actually in this article, it's got a, a instructions for, per, for parade uh, entrance. I've never heard that word, but entrance is how they say it. And I'm not going to go over the whole um, thing here, but it is here in the article if you want to check it out. Again, KUT.org. Um, and this is from today. Um, but okay, let me continue on with this um, article. The rules state entries must be consistent with traditional biblical and family, family values. A decision many felt excluded the city's LGBTQ community. The city of Taylor has worked very hard over the last several years to be inclusive and to be open to diverse diversity. Stacy Osborne, the city's communications director, told KUT. Um, as we felt that the best way to show that we are keeping to uh, that commitment is by having a parade that would be open to anyone, to everyone in the city, and available. To, for everyone to participate. Um, in 2021, the city hosted Williamson County's first ever in-person pride event. Um, the Taylor Area Ministerial, there's that word again, Alliance's update, updated parade requirements came after Taylor Pride, an organization that supports the gay community, was given a spot in last year's uh, parade. In a Facebook post, the Christian group called the Taylor Pride um, Christian group called Taylor Pride's entry in the parade an unfortunate oversight. Um, it claimed the float, which included drag performers, contradicted the organization's biblical beliefs. <clears throat> in response, the city of Taylor, which was which has previously been a co-sponsor announced it would organize its own holiday parade set to take place Saturday immediately after the Taylor, the Taylor Area Ministerial Alliance events. Osborne said that the Taylor Area Ministerial Alliance, and I think they had an acronym for that, the TAMA, so that's easier to say, uh, made it clear that they were going to be a little more exclusive with their parade and only include certain people in it. Um, Denise Rogers, the parade, the president of Taylor Pride, um, called the organization's entry requirements a direct attack, to, attack on the city's LGBTQ community. We support adults and youth alike in the community and a lot of children, this is in quotes, and a lot of children are not only um, affiliated with us, but excited about our events and when we participate in events. Rogers told KUT, so for those children to be told that they really aren't valid or worthy of a holiday or, or holiday celebration was just absolutely not okay with us. And we knew we needed to, to take a stand. Rogers said Taylor Pride has already been granted entry in the city's very merry holiday parade and plans to have a drag performers at the event. We hope people don't avoid coming to the parade. We hope that they show up and show their support, she said. So, 
So that the debate still goes on, but they uh, we're talking about doing the two parades. Um, this is just a continuation of, of the story. And if there's more on it for next week, um, I'll bring an update to this. Um, okay, so the next topic I have is reason to smile. Capital Area Dental uh, Foundation donates care to families in need. And this is from Newsbreak, newsbreak.com. This is actually out of the Austin American Statesman from three hours ago. So this is a this is hot. This is a new or this is a fairly recent news um, article. Um, all right, so it starts with, and if I and I hope I get this name right, um, Christine uh, Kimoke thinks she was in middle school the last time she saw a dentist. And this is her quotes. I never had any insurance to cover dental, Kim O'K, uh, who's now 38, said. Uh, every time she and her family would save up to see a dentist, something else would happen. The family of four is living in an RV in Granger. Granger. Ooh, I'm sure some of the locals would get mad if I butchered, if I got that wrong. And I think it's Granger. Uh, after their rent in Round Rock doubled and then a motel they lived in caught on fire. She and her family received a free dental screening this month from the Capital Area Dental Foundation. The foundation screened adults and teenagers in the Statesman's Season for Caring program who have not had access to dental care or cannot afford treatment. This is huge, Kim O'Kay said. Since 2011, the foundation has donated almost 200000 in care uh, to Season for Caring, the Statesman's annual charity program that highlights the need of families in our community and helps hundreds of others through local nonprofit organizations. The Capital Area Dental Foundation will pair each season for caring family its screen with a local dentist who will donate care. For the Kim O'Kay family, this means that Roland, 42, will see a dentist when it's not an emergency. The children, Ben, 15, and uh, Clement, 17, will get their teeth cleaned after uh, after years of not being able to do so. Christine will have her teeth attended to as well. The Capital Area Dental Foundation is also uh, hoping, hopping on oral surgeon, uh, hoping an oral surgeon will volunteer to help remove a growth in her mouth that has been bothering her. Two more oral surgeons are needed to remove teeth from two additional recipients. We do this because it is in our nature as dentists. We do uh, tend to try to help, said Dr. Kent um, McAuley, a board member of the foundation. This is just a great opportunity where we can give back to our community. Uh, McAuley, Dr. Ann Moore, and uh, Dr. Stan LaCroix, and Dr. Paul Stubbs screened all the recipients and, te and technicians. Jess Hicks took x-rays. Um, Juana, uh, Bat, Bet, Betan, Betancourt, Betancourt, 38, said, uh, she sometimes can feel her jaw locking when she keeps, uh, which keeps her from sleeping. The mom of seven who works two cleaning jobs 
was told by another clinic that the dental care she needed would be uh, needed would be fourteen hundred dollars. There's no way uh, she could do that. Dental care through the foundation and season for caring is a very good opportunity to be able to take care of myself uh, because I feel problems in my teeth. Uh, Bettencourt says, um, and this is from someone else. Um, Anatoly Lee, 58, estimated it's been 25 years since he's seen a dentist for a regular checkup. Lee has a brain injury after being hit by a car while on a bicycle. He did have a tooth pulled about five years ago after it had become infected, but he had not, no recent regular care. He said... Um, he was apprehensive and nervous about what was going to happen when he arrived at Dr. Kevin Kelp's office. Uh, he worried about what the dentist volunteering might find, but he did not hesitate one bit when his caseworker told him about his opportunity. Make it happen, Captain, he said. Um, this is from someone else. Michelle Jimenez, 57, lost her dental insurance when she had to stop working as an aide in the Round Rock School District to be able to take care of her son, Joey, 28, who has brain cancer. She knows she needs a crown and was given a quote of $1,000, uh, something that was not possible now that she was not working. Uh, Joey Jimenez um, <clears throat> hadn't been able to go to the dentist for at least two years because he was focusing on the cancer treatment at the time. Now, uh, Mitchell, Joey, and her, I'm sorry, Michelle, I'm sorry. Now, Michelle, Joey, and her youngest son, John Paul, 17, will all be matched with the dentist for treatments. While seasoned for caring families uh, will receive dental care, many of the teenagers need uh, orthodontia, orthodontia, if I said that right, including both the Kimokai sons, John Paul Jimenez and 13-year-old uh, Tierra Lee, who attended the dental screening with her parent, Jay Lee. Um, very interesting. All right. Very good cause. I know um, going to the dentist may not seem very important, but I try to make myself go every six months, I guess, for a checkup. Uh, I am lucky to have dental insurance. Um, so that's what I do that for. And I'm terrified every time I go because I'm like, I'm sure I've got cavities or I'm sure they're going to have to do something painful. And I've got like real sensitive gums. So when they do the teeth cleaning, I'm all jumpy and tense. And uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a wuss like that. Um, okay. So let's see here. Next topic. Holiday events to bring cheer across Bastrop County. And let's see if I can find that article. See how we're doing on time. Doing pretty good. Okay. This is another one from newsbreak.com and other uh, uh, i'm sorry austin american statesman but they submitted it i guess to newsbreak.com i guess newsbreak.com like a gathering of stories or is a hub for stories or something um but yes and this one was from seven days ago so about a week ago or a week ago 
it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas across Bastrop County as many cities are offering residents a chance to get in the holiday spirit. Beginning on Friday and running through January 3rd, visitors can take in Bastrop Rivers, uh, River, Bastrop's River of Lights, which we've, we've gone to a few times. The relaxing Light at Riverwalk features displays in a variety of seasonal themes lining the June Hill Pape Riverwalk. To access the half mile uh, promenade, go down the stairs west of the intersection of Main and Pine Street, uh, or select the fully accessible entrance at Fisherman's Park. It's at 1200 Willow Streets. Um, it's, it's right by this uh, restaurant called Neighbors, I believe, where the stairs are. It's a pretty good restaurant. Um, on September, Bastrop will host its annual Christmas tree lighting beginning at 6 p.m. at Fisherman's Park. The event will include a, uh, include a visit from Santa Claus. Smithville will host its 31st annual Festival of Lights and Light It Parade on Saturday, December 3rd, along Main Street at the Recreational Center, Recreation Center. The event includes games and activities from crafts to bounce houses, markets, uh, train runs on the Anpow Express, pictures with Santa and Smitty, the world's largest gingerbread man. <laughs> I've not seen that. Okay. The uh, theater performances, live entertainment, and the lighted parade after dark. Elgin's It's Time to Shine celebration marks the 150th birthday of the city. The downtown event will run from 11 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. on Saturday, December the 3rd. It kicks off with children's activities downtown with the city's 150th year time capsule dedicated at 1.50 in the afternoon. That's p.m. at the Elgin Public Library. From 2 to 5 p.m., there will be a hot cocoa stroll through downtown with Chamber of Commerce. Souvenir mugs will be available for purchase at 6 p.m. Will be the Elgin's Lighted Christmas Parade, hosted by Fire Department, with the route beginning at Main, Main and 11th Street and traveling south through downtown. A live nativity performed by St. Peter's Lutheran Church will take place at 7 p.m. at Veterans Memorial Park, and the event will be capped off by the showing of Polar Express at City Hall at 8 p.m. All right, cool stuff. All right, let me check on my time real quick. Um, all right, so I'm not going to get to the top 10 things to do in Elgin. I'm going to put a little uh, star by that and catch that on the next episode because I wanted to get to some of these terms here. Um, there was like one in particular I wanted to get to. So let me skip down to real estate terms and just set a reminder to, we'll do the top 10 things to do in Elgin on the next episode. We'll start it with that. Um, okay. So for real estate terms, the first one I have on here is blind offer. <laughs> Sounds kind of. Kind of catch it's kind of sketchy. A blind offer when a buyer makes an offer on a property that they haven't seen. Um, even when it was possible to see it, they offer it 
that offer is considered a blind offer. It is most commonly used in a highly competitive area and or circumstance and used as an attempt to be first and win quickly. I don't, I haven't been involved in a blind offer. Seems kind of dangerous because I mean, without any kind of inspection or putting eyes on a home before you purchase it, seems like a gamble, but um, trying to think when the circumstance would be um, when it would be beneficial to put in a blind offer. And I guess is what they're saying in a very competitive market, which it is a seller's market and is very competitive. I mean, are people putting in blind offers? I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, what happens if you put in a blind offer and you it's on a house that, and it turns out to be a lemon? Uh, I guess that's the risk you take. Um, okay. The next one I have on here, covenants, conditions, and restrictions. And they have a, I guess, an acronym for it. CC and R's. I don't know if anybody uses that acronym like that, but usually these are the rules and regulations placed on a real property by a homeowners association, uh, a neighborhood association, a developer or builder that sets forth any requirements and limitations of what a homeowner is allowed to do with the property. It may also include monthly and annual fees or special assessments. Um, I mean, I've lived in neighborhoods with HOA, and the HOA was a nightmare. Oh my God. There was, <laughs> they were, and this, uh, granted, this is in my early 20s. Um, and I probably would have people over a lot. So I guess there were cars on the street. So I understand if the neighborhood has an HOA and they don't want cars on the street, get the cars off the street. You know, you know what? But the one that really got me is <clears throat> I was putting, having a, a satellite dish uh, installed. This is years ago. This is early 2000s. Um, and I was living in South Austin at the time in this neighborhood off of Far West, uh, Far West Boulevard, just south of William Canyon. So South, South Austin. And um, the installer was putting the dish on the house and he was installing it on whatever side of the whatever wherever he needed to put it you know i guess so i could get a signal and i don't remember i think it was on the front of the house there on the roof and this guy that lived next door to me i'm sorry two doors down he wasn't on the hoa but he was a uh, um i don't know he he just he kissed up to them or whatever you want to call it. I'm trying to not use certain language, but he kissed up to them. Right. And he, he was a real weirdo is what he was. And uh, so he comes over to my house when the, you know, guys installing the dish and he's asking the guy installing uh, or, or, you know, why he's putting the dish on the front of the home. And did he get permission from the HOA to do that? And I come out and I start talking to the guys, you know, installing the dish. He's like, yeah, your neighbor came over here and he's trying to, you know, get in my business about putting the dish up, but it needs to go on this side that, so you can get a signal. I was like, do what you, do what you got to do, man. Don't worry about him. And he goes, yeah, that guy, I don't know what his problem was. And I'm like, yeah, I don't either. But 
I mean, you know, I mean, that that's the kind of things I dealt with in this neighborhood. Uh, trash cans being out uh, too long, which again, I was in my early 20s. So things like that weren't a priority. They probably, I probably get my trash cans out all week. Um, and then cars being parked out. I remember when I f- we first moved in and this is like, I'm having my sister's boyfriend help me move stuff in. He's got a truck with a trailer and yeah, the truck, the trailer was on the street for a day or so while we we're moving. But then I think they gave me a hard time when I first, first moved it right off the bat. You know, I knew, uh, oh, and then of course the board, one of the board members lived right across the street from me. So this, and this lady, she didn't work or whatever. She was always in her front yard. I think she lived in her front yard, always watching out under my house. It seemed like, um, so kind of a nightmare scenario. Um, I mean, HOA, I guess does good in neighborhoods, but, um, they can also be a pain in the, you know what? Um, okay. So let's check time. See if I can squeeze in one more term real quick. All right. The, uh, debt to income ratio. Let's see. Do we want to do that one? Okay. Yeah, let's do that one. Okay. Debt to income ratio or D, a DTI. The ratio is a number used by mortgage lenders, which is determined by the total of your debt expenses plus your monthly house payment divided by the gross monthly income and multiplied by hundreds. This helps lenders determine affordability based off their Available loan programs allows them to estimate how much you can uh, offer to pay monthly for a mortgage. Lenders typically look for borrowers who pay 28% or less of their total monthly income on housing and less than 36% of their monthly income on debts and payments, according to this website. Um, If either percentage is on the higher side and you want to buy a home, you might need to adjust the budgets. Yeah, it's definitely something that a lender is going to tell you because you want to go buy a home, go talk to your lender um, and you'll turn in stuff like, you know, lenders going to probably ask for, uh, like they said, um, your uh, income and then what debts you have. And then they're going to be able to calculate a number saying you can afford a house for this amount and you don't go in. It's, it's hopefully you're not in over your head. Um, so, but anyways, um, okay. So that's going to be our terms for today. And that's, I think going to be our podcast because we're coming up on 30 minutes. Um, I thought there was a way to do longer than 30 minutes on here. The last couple of times I did it though, it stopped. This is like a week ago when I tried to record some podcasts, a podcast, and I kept going over 30 minutes and it kept stopping, kept stopping. I was like, what's going on? So I need to get on here and figure out how to extend the time because I'd like to go over a little bit if I need to. Um, and uh, so my ideal sweet spot, 30 to 45 minutes if I could do it. Um, and right now it's been just under 30 minutes. So, so that's one of those things I still got to work on. But um, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening. Hope everybody has a good week and uh, talk to you next or see y'all next week. Alrighty then. Bye-bye.